Well, hey, everybody. Uh, we are uh, going to continue in 2 Corinthians 8 today. Uh, and, uh, you know, th this part of 2 Corinthians uh, 8 is, is kind of a quirky part because there's just this, uh, we, we talked about the Macedonians giving last week, and, and this is kind of more of an administration type thing going on. Uh, but I think there's something in here for us that I think will be beneficial for us to, to think about. Um, and so uh, I, what I think we, we can learn about in this text is a little bit about God's calling. I don't know if you've thought much about God's calling, uh, what it means to be called by God to do something. You know, is it just a feeling you have um, and kind of you feel compelled to do something? Is that God's calling? And then how do you discern between that feeling of being compelled to do something and is that from God or is that just something I want to do? How do you discern those two? Uh, maybe you've heard somebody say something about being called by God and you've wondered, you know, did, did God himself really call them or is that just kind of a, um, an, an intuition that they might have? Uh, is, is, is God's calling, is it maybe not a feeling you get, but something that's, that's real practical? Someone asks you to do something or they challenge you to do something. Is, is that more of what God's calling should be? And on that note, if somebody asks you to do something, and let's say they have a, they have a, a scripture text, and they, they ask you to do something, there's a Bible verse behind it, should we think of that as being God's calling? Well, maybe you struggle with it, maybe you haven't thought much about it, but, but either way, I think it is something we should consider. And I think this passage gives us some, 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 some categories to think through about God's calling. And so here's, here's what's going on in our text today. Um, so, so Paul is going to be, so we talked about the Macedonians last week and they're, they're, uh, there's a, a, some financial support going to uh, relieve the saints who are in uh, Judea. And so Paul's kind of collecting this money the Macedonians have given, the Corinthians are going to give. And so Paul's organizing kind of the transfer of funds. And so he's going to send Titus and two other guys to go and to, to go ahead of him and, and collect the funds uh, that's that's meant to go to the the saints to bring relief to those guys in Judea. And so this is our passage, and, and I think in this passage, as we look at it, I think we can see two different types of callings that could maybe be helpful categories for us to consider. Uh, the, the the two different types of callings are this one an internal calling, and two, an external calling. So first, let's consider the, the internal calling. Look at chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. It says this, But thanks be to God, who put it into the heart of Titus, the same earnest care I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. So in verse 17, we see that Titus was very earnest about the care of the Corinthians. And in verse 16, we see why Titus was so uh, motivated and so concerned about them. In verse 16, we see that God put that earnestness into his heart. So, so Paul didn't need to motivate Titus. He didn't need to cast a vision. He didn't need to make a compelling argument. Titus was already there. He, he was all in with the Corinthians and this mission that they were about. He was very earnest about it. And the reason he was very earnest was because God put it into his heart. So that's why he is motivated. And, and this is similar to what we saw with the Macedonians last week. 
If you remember in chapter 8, verse 1, we read that the grace of God was, was, was among the Macedonians. And the reason was because they were being uh, very generous in spite of being in a severe test of affliction and in extreme poverty. And so God's grace that, that was in the Macedonians was, was their, their heart to be generous. And they actually begged Paul to take part in the relief of the saints. So this is God's grace put in their hearts, motivated to do something. So when God calls people, he will often put a strong desire in their hearts, and it's put there by God himself. And we see something similar uh, in the Old Testament when Moses was, was receiving instructions from the Lord about building the, the tabernacle. Uh, go ahead and turn, if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 31. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. So, uh, so turn to Exodus 31, verse 1 through 6. So here, the Lord has given Moses, uh, the context of this, this uh, section of the Bible, uh, God's giving Moses instructions on how to build the tabernacle. And, and then he gives him a little bit of insight to, to what he's doing, because he's going to be calling people to be a part of this work. And he says this in Exodus chapter 31, verse 1 through 6. He says this, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him <clears throat> with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence and with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting stones for the setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability, that they may make all that I have commanded you. So here we see that God is giving these people the ability to do what he's calling them to. God gave Bezalel and Aholiab and others ability, knowledge, and craftsmanship. They had a set of skills, and the reason they had that set of skills was because God put it there. It was God's developing that in them for the purpose of doing what he was calling Moses to do. So, so when it comes to calling, there's two things we should consider. Is there a desire and is there ability? Because as we see here, God is in the business of putting that motivation, putting that desire into people's hearts and giving them the ability to do it. Now, you might think, well, is, is this just for like God putting this, this stuff in their heart and giving them the ability? Is this just for tabernacle builders, for people like Titus or missionaries or, or pastors? Well, I think you should consider 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And go ahead and turn there because I'm going I'm to refer to this verse a few times. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we read this. And this is, this is a short verse. It's easy to memorize. I think everybody should memorize it. But, but here it is, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, so here in this section of the Bible, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And he refers to these gifts when they're practiced as manifestations of the Spirit for the common good, for helping people. And they are given to each each member of the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the, the, the church as a body, as members of the body. And so each is given the spiritual gift, which when practiced is a manifestation of the Spirit of God that helps 
others. So here's what you can assume. God has given you a spiritual gift that, that when practiced is a manifestation of the Spirit of God that helps people. And He has called you to use that gift. Now, that, that might spark a little bit of curiosity. Like, oh, what is my gift? And, and, and what does God want me to do? And, and these are good questions to ponder. And I think we can go back to the two things I just mentioned as we think about what our calling and our gifts might be, because our calling and gifts will match. And I think we can consider this. It's, it's desire and ability. And I want to add two more things to it. One, does that desire and ability align with God's purposes? And the next, is, is there an opportunity? So when discerning God's call, what, what He's what He's called you to, how He's gifted you, four things to consider are desire, ability, uh, uh, God, are they aligned with, with God's purposes, and is there opportunity? So four things to consider. And I'll, I'll share how this has worked with me. Um, uh, I think that, that God has given me uh, the desire and ability and, and I guess the calling to teach the Bible. And, and, and here's how this kind of emerged uh, with, with me. Uh, it was probably my, my junior year of college. I was about 20 when, when I started to sincerely follow the Lord. And uh, you know, that, maybe that was when I, I really you know, became a Christian. I'm not sure. I grew up in the church. But when I was about 20 is when uh, my life really changed. And, and I, I would just describe it as at least a more sincere relationship of following Jesus. And, and here's what was, was, was odd with me during this time, one of many things maybe. But one thing was is that I really liked to go hear people teach the Bible. And so I would go to every campus ministry, I think just about every night there was somebody, some campus ministry meeting, and, and I wanted to go there. And, and it wasn't just for, for social reasons, though it was fun hanging out with folks. And, um, you know, I've never been much of a, of a, a musician, and so it wasn't really all the, the, the singing. I, I was really there uh, for, the, for the teaching. They, all those other things are great. But, but that's the, what was motivating me to go on just about every night of the week. And, and, and I, would, I would go up to the, the person teaching afterwards, and I'd have questions, and, and I just w- was really, really eager to learn. And, and that wasn't like me, because I, I grew up going to church, and, and usually the, the sermon was just something to, to get, get through, you know. And I think the pastor I had growing up was a great communicator, so it wasn't that. It was me. I just wasn't interested. But something changed when I was about 20, where, where I almost couldn't get enough of it, to where I was doing this in my, in my free time, just going to hear people teach the Bible. And I also became a bit of a reader. Um, I was just eager to learn, uh, and it seems like I had a lot of questions. And so, and before then, I, I never really read a book unless it was assigned. But uh, something changed where I was wanting to learn, um, and I even got the opportunity to, uh, to do some teaching. And that teaching, what was really good for me, I think it might have been tough for, for other people around, uh, the people that were in the Bible study. So, so here was my thinking with the, the Bible study that I led in college. Um, one thing I noticed, to, I've been to a few Bible studies before, and one of the things that, that I noticed that, that was kind of painful about them was it seemed like we often ran into awkward silence. And so my thinking was, you know, if I'm going to lead a Bible study, we're, we're going to eliminate awkward silence. And, and I, was, I was successful to do that. I, we, I eliminated it 100%. Here's how I did that. I just talked the whole time. And so, so what I, we would study a book of the Bible, 
And I, I had a little John MacArthur commentary on this book. And so I would just read a few words or a few verses and I'd just talk and I'd expand. And it was probably brutal to sit through, but it was really good for me to learn. And I loved doing it. I also felt fairly comfortable speaking up front in front of people, about, about 90% myself, kind of how I feel now, about 90% myself. I feel still some insecurities in front of folks in a big crowd or whatever. But there's a sense where I, I enjoy doing it. That there, there, I, was, I was deeply motivated and I, I found a lot of joy in doing it. And, and I feel like I've learned and become more and more able to do so. So, so for me, there was motivation. There was a desire to do it. There was a measure of ability aligned with God's purposes. There was opportunity. Now, so in thinking about God's calling and in those four things, desire, ability, aligning with God's purposes, and the opportunity, if those four things, if you can check those four boxes, can you just assume, well, there it is. This is, this is God's call. Well, I think there's, there's one more thing you should seek out. Maybe not every time, but, but often this is one thing that, that gets left off. And that's the, the second calling, which is external calling. So the, the, the internal calling is that inner motivation and ability to, to, do, to do something. And the second point I want to make is an external calling. So Titus and these two other guys that, that they were sending uh, to the Corinthians uh, did not just have motivation and the ability to do what they did. They also had an external calling. They had something outside of themselves, something outside of their own intuitions about what God wanted. Now, what I want to do now is just look at the passage and highlight some of the ways that this calling that Titus and these two other guys had that was outside of themselves, it was outside of their own intuition of what God might want from them. So in verse 17, Paul says that he, Titus, not only accepted our appeal, but was himself very earnest. So Paul made an appeal to Titus. Or you could say Paul called Titus. So Titus had an external calling. God put that desire in his heart, but he also had an external call from Paul, who made an appeal to Titus to do this thing. Then in verse 10, uh, excuse me, verse 18, Paul is talking about the second person going with Titus. He's the it says we're we're sending with him the brother famous for preaching the gospel. This is the second person. So this person is also being sent by Paul. See, the text says we are sending. So this person, the second person, being sent with Paul and presumably the church. Verse 19, we read that the brother famous for in verse 19, we read that the brother famous for preaching had been appointed by the churches to travel with them. So he was also appointed by the churches. Again, an external calling. And in verse 22, we read about the third brother who was going with Titus. And Paul says again, we are sending him. And not only are they sending him, but they said that we have tested him often. So this third brother has been tested, he's been approved, and now he's being sent. So there's an external calling. This idea of the external calling can, can often be overlooked because there's a sense you just have this feeling, this internal feeling, and there's a, you know, it, it aligns with God's purposes, and so it's just settled. I don't think we should consider it settled all the time. I mean, I mean there, there are some things that, that you might have that, that internal calling, and that might be enough, but there's other things where I think we should seek out a little bit more. Um, several years ago, uh, I had a friend in, in a different town than, than this town, and uh, he was a college student, and he was, he was planning to go into ministry. And he was, uh, there was a lot of things that were kind of up in the air, but one thing he knew for sure was that God was calling him 
to a certain town. He knew he was supposed that God had him going to this town. Uh, and I, I flinched a little bit at it because I, I didn't understand the, the certainty that, that he had. And well, as, as, it, as it ended up, uh, he was hired by this ministry, but he was assigned to a, to a different city. So he had an internal calling, but there wasn't an external calling to, to go along with it, which really tells us that that internal calling might have just been more of a, a desire that he might have had or an intuition that he might have, might have had, but it probably wasn't from God. And, and here's the thing. When people have a strong sense of an internal call, they might be really put out with anyone questioning it. You know, who are you to question what God has revealed to me? And it seems so certain and so sure. But, but here's what we should know, is that, is that we can believe with all our heart that God is calling us to do something and be wrong. I mean, you can have that, you feel it deep in your bones. God wants this to happen. And you could be wrong. And, and, and sometimes we, we can be so convinced that this is what God wants to do. It almost seems like anyone to question it seems like a threat. seems like they're, they're from the devil. And, 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 and then we can almost take this, this sense of the, this intuition that we have of what we think God wants us to do, almost with the same type of authority as thus says the Lord, which instead I think we should take a more humble approach and invite people to speak into it, uh, invite people to to affirm or, or to even question whether or not this might be the Lord's calling. Uh, and for any of you college students who are considering going into ministry, going to seminary, um, uh, going into missions or, or whatever, I, I would really encourage you not to just go, but to be sent by your local church. Don't just go, be sent. That's the pattern we see throughout Scripture. Even Jesus said, I'm sending you as the Father sent me. The Holy Spirit was sent. In Acts 13, we see that Paul was set apart and sent by the church in Antioch. So, so the, the normative pattern of people going out to do God's work is that they are sent. And, and here's the thing, an external calling can help to strengthen and even clean up an internal calling. Now, what do I mean by clean up an internal calling? Well, consider this. Titus could have just gone to Corinth, and, and, and done what he was going to do. Um, he was probably motivated. He probably had the ability. It aligned with God's purpose, and he had the opportunity. But, but he was sent by, by Paul and the churches, and, and, that was and that was better than if he just went by himself. Look at chapter 8, verse 20 and 21. Paul says this. He says, We take this course of sending them so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. So Paul is saying we're taking this course of, of sending Titus and these two other guys first for integrity's sake. So, so no one will be able to question us. And Paul's thinking like, hey, I know nobody's going to do anything shady or take money or anything like this, but they are dealing with money. And so whenever somebody's dealing with money and with the church and distribution and, and it being transferred or whatever, that, that he wanted to make sure that it was done well. And so this was good for them to do that. So, so in order to do what's right, not only in the Lord's eyes, but in the sight of man as well. And so they did this by sending Titus and these other two first. So an external call can set us up for more success, more integrity on whatever it is God might be calling us to. And if done in isolation, 
we don't get that counsel. We don't get that rearranged. We, we, we don't get to hear what the Lord might have put in somebody else to speak into to solidify or to clean up that internal calling. In, in 2015, uh, our, our church was going through a bit of a, a restructuring. Um, and, and at the time, I was the, I was the only elder, and uh, we, were, we were trying to figure out the, the way forward. And, and the way I saw it, that it seemed to me that, that I should probably move into the role that, that I'm in now. I, at this time, I wasn't in this role as a full-time um, uh, pastor. And so it seemed to me that I should probably transition into that role. And so there's a group of guys that were getting together as we were trying to figure out the way forward. And I kind of threw this out there to them. And, and this internal calling, I felt motivated. I felt able, aligned with God's purposes. There's opportunity. And so, so it seemed to make sense. But there was one objection. It was Lloyd. And, and he said, you know, that, that's probably where we should end up. But that's probably not how we should get there. And so basically what he was challenging was, was the idea that that's probably not best for me to be in this role as someone who's just self-appointed. And so we took another route. And so, so what we did was at that time, we, uh, we, the, the church nominated and approved an, an elder team. And then that elder team uh, unanimously agreed and, and called me into the role that I'm, that I'm in now. And then the church eventually affir- voted and, and, and affirmed me in this role. And so here's why I share this, because it was a few years later, you know, we all have these ups and downs, and, and I had just a, a season where I was just kind of questioning my call, questioning whether or not I should be doing this, am I doing a good job, and all this. And, and, and during that time, you know what really helped me out? It was the external call. Because look, the internal call, it can go up and down, it can fluctuate. I can have a bad week, a bad day, and just think, ah, I shouldn't do this. And now certainly I can be disqualified or something like that. But, but there's a sense where an external call can be a more solid anchor than the internal call just by itself. And so we need to know that. We, we need to know that we need more than just an internal calling. And when everything rests on the internal call, it can fluctuate with your performance or mood. So, so how should you go about finding your calling? Well, God usually calls people in the context of the local church. That's what we see throughout the the New Testament in our passage today. And he usually sends people through the local church. So if you want to find your calling, then be really involved with the local church. Become a member, go to everything, even things that might seem kind of lame, be there anyway, meet people, be around other folks, because you've been gifted in a way by God that when you exercise your spiritual gift, the Spirit of God is manifested in you and it helps people. And that happens in the context of the local church. And your calling will be cloudy apart from the local church. So if you're, if you're trying to discern your calling and your only involvement in the church is maybe coming in on Sundays, then that calling is going to be a bit cloudy. But, and keep an eye and an ear out for, for needs in the church. You know, we might announce, uh, and probably will be announcing at some point, a need for a junior high ministry and high school ministry. You know, we, we don't have as many uh, older kids. We have a lot of younger kids, and we have a thousand kids in the nursery. And so, so there's, there's going to be needs that are coming up. There's other needs that are, that are outside of the church. Uh, there are needs. There's a Christian school in the Mideast that's always looking for teachers. Perhaps that's 
somebody's external call that they need to discern. We usually need family group leaders and small group leaders, someone to help with administration or music. People have need for, for meals and things we do around the church. And so do you want God to use you? Do you want to fulfill your calling? If so, then be deeply involved in a local church. God has given you his spirit that, it might, that, that he might manifest himself among us and meet needs for the common good. That is your calling. You have a spiritual gift that's the manifestation of the Spirit of God and be involved in the local church enough to find it and be known enough that people might affirm it and even call you to it. In Titus 2, we read that Jesus redeemed his people to have a people for his own possession who were zealous for good works. And and in uh, chapter 8, verse 23, we see these Messengers of the church is described as the glory of Christ. And so here's the thing, you know, a lot of times when we think about becoming Christians, we think about maybe more future-oriented, that that we're saved. We think in terms maybe of heaven and hell. But we need to understand we're, we're not just saved in regards to heaven or hell. God saved us for the present too. Jesus isn't just calling us to heaven. He's calling us to the here and now. And that we would make his glory known and his gifts being manifested in us to help others. And, and the glory of Christ is made known when the Spirit of God is manifested in us and we are helping and serving people. And we find that. We find that gifting in the context of the local church. Russell Moore said this. He said, In the New Testament, we don't find our gift through self-examination and introspection and then find ways to express it Instead, we love one another, serve one another, help one another, and in so doing, we see how God has equipped us to do so. So may that be true of Redeemer Church. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are gracious to stir our hearts to do good things. You put that into our hearts. Would you make those things you are calling us to clear? And would you affirm them with external calls within your church? The Holy Spirit, we ask for your help that we might do these things for the glory of God and for our deep joy. And Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.